the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NATO signs accession protocols for Sweden and Finland. I commend uh, all allies for moving so quickly in accepting Finland and Sweden's applications. President Biden makes leasing permits more difficult to obtain, yet urges gas companies to cut prices. Really what he needs to do is protect us from a foreign enemy that is attacking our country every day. Germany works to bail out energy companies before winter. German energy firm Uniper is in talks about a government bailout as supplies of gas from Russia dwindle. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, July 6th. I'm Mike Scott. NATO allies signed off on the accession protocols for Sweden and Finland on Tuesday, sending the membership bids of the two nations to the alliance capitals for legislative approval and possible political trouble in Turkey. The move further increases Russia's strategic isolation in the wake of its invasion of neighboring Ukraine in February and military struggles there since. The 30 ambassadors and permanent representatives formally approved decisions made at the NATO summit in Madrid last week, where the leaders of member nations invited Russia's neighbor Finland and Scandinavian partner Sweden to join the military club. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says he hopes the next phase for Finland and Sweden can move along rapidly. Last time uh, we had um, a similar accession, um, sorry, a ratification process in the in the parliaments. It took around uh, 12 months or or a year. Uh, so again, I will not tell you exactly, but uh, we speak about months. Uh, and um, and uh, I welcome the fact that many allies have already started and announced that they will do this quicker than normal. Stoltenberg says the 30 NATO allies have signed off promptly on the accession protocols for Sweden and Finland. I commend uh, all allies for moving so quickly in accepting Finland and Sweden's applications for membership. And I want to thank Turkey, Finland and Sweden for their constructive approach. Stoltenberg says that with the accession signed, individual ratification is now up for debate. I now count on all allies to ensure the speedy ratification of the accession according to their national uh, procedures. Now the latest on the Highland Park, Illinois, 4th of July parade tragedy. Prosecutors in that northern suburb of Chicago said Tuesday that the gunman accused of attacking the Independence Day parade has now been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder. Lake County State's Attorney Eric Reinhardt promised that dozens more charges would be sought. He added that if the suspect, Bobby Cremo III, is convicted of murder, he would receive a mandatory life sentence without possibility of parole. 
Christopher Covelli with the Lake County Sheriff's Office says knives were removed from the shooting suspect's home in September of 2019. A family member reported that Cremo said he was going to kill everyone and Cremo had a collection of knives. The police responded to his residence. The police removed 16 knives, a dagger and a sword from Cremo's home. At that time, there was no probable cause to arrest. There were arrest. There were no complaints that uh, were signed by any of the victims. Covelli says officers who handled the 2019 threat at the Robert Cremo home could not take him into custody. Police can't make an arrest unless there is probable cause to make an arrest or somebody is willing to sign complaints regarding the arrest. Absent of those things, the police don't have power to detain somebody. Covelli goes on to say a motive remains undetermined. Investigators have been really tirelessly working since Cremo was taken into custody, trying to determine motive. At this point, there, there is no definitive motive that he had. Lake County Coroner Jennifer Bannock says six of the victims handled by her office have now been identified. 64-year-old Catherine Goldstein of Highland Park. 35-year-old Irina McCarthy of Highland Park. 37-year-old Kevin McCarthy of Highland Park. 63-year-old Jacqueline Sundheim of Highland Park. 88-year-old Stephen Strauss of Highland Park. 78-year-old Nicholas Toledo Zaragoza of Morelos, Mexico. President Biden makes leasing permits more difficult to obtain, yet he continues to urge gas companies to cut prices. The Department of the Interior published a proposed five-year offshore leasing program last Friday that opened the door to a complete ban on offshore leasing through 2028. The plan would allow a maximum of 11 total offshore lease sales in that time span, and also laid waste to a Trump-era version of the same program that proposed 47 lease sales over five years. Meantime, Biden is preparing to change some of former President Trump's tariffs on China. A few administration officials see lifting some of the tariffs on China as a way to partially ease high prices U.S. consumers are now paying. Critics say that the lifting of the tariffs on Chinese imports will cause great harm to U.S. businesses. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War, and he joins the Salem Radio Network to discuss the implications of reversing the Trump-era tariffs on China. First off, Chang says that the president is failing to protect Americans from the Chinese Communist Party. And when you think about that, China deliberately released a virus beyond its borders. That's 1,013,000 Americans who have been killed by a disease that should have been confined to central China. And yet Biden, in his conversations with Xi Jinping, has not asked the Chinese leader where this virus came from. You know, this is just horrific. Um, Defending the United States from a foreign enemy is Biden's number one duty, and yet he has completely failed to discharge that. Um, So, yeah, it's okay for him to sit down with or have his team sit down with the oil CEOs, 
But really what he needs to do is protect us from a foreign enemy that is attacking our country every day. And by the way, killing Americans, not only with COVID-19, but also with fentanyl. Chang says that Biden's policies toward China are hurting the United States. Although we don't know the intentions of President Biden, we know the effect of what he's been doing is exactly what you say. It's promoting Chinese businesses over American ones. It is protecting China from any consequences for killing more than a million Americans with disease. The list goes on and on. And so, you know, when you look at this, is the effect of what they're doing is um, basically devastating the United States. So forget about intention. We can see what the effect of what they're doing. Chang goes on to say that the Biden administration's move to remove tariffs from Chinese solar panels, in his opinion, backs the slave labor those Chinese companies use to manufacture them. President Biden's decision on June 6th to waive uh, China, uh, to waive our tariffs on uh, violating Chinese products uh, for two years, it's a 24-month waiver. It devastates the American solar panel industry. Matter of fact, it had a dog whistle to American companies that were thinking of moving their other types of factories off Chinese soil. It was a dog whistle to stay in China. So it's beyond just solar panels. In addition, what we have done is we have undermined America's trade law because there was a Commerce Department investigation that was initiated by a small American solar panel company. That's now completely on hold. And as well, what we're doing is we're supporting Chinese solar panel manufacturers that are made with slave and forced labor in Xinjiang, which is that area where you have the Uyghurs and other uh, Turkic minorities. As attorneys argued about abortion laws across the South on Tuesday, a Mississippi judge rejected a request by the state's only abortion clinic to temporarily block a law that would ban most abortions. Without other developments in the Mississippi lawsuit, the clinic will close at the end of business Wednesday, and the state law will take effect Thursday. Attorney Rob McDuff, who represents Jackson's Women's Health Organization, said denying access to abortion to the women of Mississippi would be a hardship. The patients of the clinic, the women of Mississippi, who do seek an abortion, who do make the decision that under the law only they can make, not the state, about whether they should carry a pregnancy to term and give birth, They will be forced to do those things against their will, many of them. So that is irreparable harm. McDuff argued for a temporary restraining order that would have allowed the clinic to remain open while a lawsuit played out in court. The status quo that we seek and that we ask you to maintain is the status quo that has existed in the state of Mississippi, except for a very small period of time. Mississippi State Solicitor General Scott Stewart said Mississippi's trigger law went into effect when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. In the past two weeks, uh, the state of the law has changed dramatically, uh, and the court needs to decide this motion based on the law as it now stands. The state solicitor says the recent Supreme Court decision changed the legal landscape on abortion. As a result of the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, There is no Roe versus Wade. There is no Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And as a result, there is no pro-choice Mississippi versus Fordyce. Another recent Supreme Court ruling may invite a host of challenges to government regulation 
and over-regulation. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew has details on that developing story. Last week, the court ruled the Environmental Protection Agency does not have broad powers to reduce emissions at power plants. That president is now expected to invite challenges against other government agencies. One likely target, the Federal Trade Commission. Under new Biden appointee, it's been pursuing an aggressive agenda in consumer protection and tech industry competition. Elsewhere, the FCC could face a challenge as it seeks to assert so-called net neutrality on Internet providers. Bob Agnew reporting. The Biden administration on Tuesday sued Arizona, saying that state violates federal law by requiring proof of citizenship to vote for president. The Justice Department said the requirement that residents provide documentary proof of citizenship would keep eligible voters from participating in federal elections. The federal government is taking Arizona to court over a new voter ID law. The new law, effective at the end of September, requires Arizona residents to prove that they are an American citizen in order to vote. Supporters say that the law is a common-sense measure to protect elections. The Department of Justice says this is, quote, textbook violation, a textbook violation of the National Voter Registration Act. Critics of the law say it's a form of voter suppression and addresses a largely non-existent problem. The DOJ is asking the court to block enforcement of the law. A provision requiring election officials to reject registration forms based on mistakes that aren't relevant to a voter's eligibility also may violate the 1964 Civil Rights Act, according to the Justice Department. Arizona Republicans passed a bill on a party-line vote, and Governor Doug Ducey signed it on March 30th, calling it a balanced approach that honors Arizona's history of making voting accessible without sacrificing security in our elections. Many of the world's leading economies will fall into a recession within the next 12 months as central banks move to aggressively tighten monetary policy to fight surging inflation, according to the chief economist at the brokerage firm Nomura Holdings. Rob Subaraman, chief economist at Nomura, says the recession that may hit the U.S. is expected to last a long time. Baseline view now is the U.S. will... uh fall into recession, so negative uh, quarter-on-quarter GDP growth starting in Q4 this year. And it's going to be uh, a shallow recession, but a long one. We have it lasting for five quarters in a row. So Q4 this year all the way through to Q4 next year, uh, GDP will be contracting quarter-on-quarter. The the Fed we have uh, will be tightening into this recession, and that's because we see inflation as being sticky Uh, it's going to stay high, it's going to be hard to get down. And so we have the Fed uh, hiking 75 in July and then 50 at the next meeting and then a series of 25s until it gets the the Fed funds rate at 3.75% by February next year. Subaraman also says that he believes the Fed will start cutting rates by the end of next year. And we think at that point... Uh, growth will be clearly slowing uh, and inflation will be coming off and that will allow the Fed to pause. But then as we get later into next year and uh, inflation comes down more more visibly towards the Fed's target of 2%, the Fed will start cutting. So September, uh, we have the Fed starting to cut and we have three 25 basis point cuts 
uh, in the latter half, latter quarter of uh, 2023. Uh, so we get the Fed's funds rate back down to around 3% by the end of next year from a peak of 3.75. And importantly, we have the Fed continuing to cut in 2024. Jerry Boyer, host of the new podcast Meeting of the Minds and a former columnist at Forbes, says that economically things are going to get worse. And part of the reason is population decline. The Congressional Budget Office just released its new budget and economic outlooks, and I regret to inform you there's not really much good news in it. The government is expected to borrow another $14 trillion in the next 10 years, and that's $2.5 trillion higher than their last estimate. The deficit is expected to rise as well. The main reason? The American Rescue Act of 2021, which didn't rescue much of anything except big government and its Wall Street enablers. While debt is expected to gallop, economic growth is expected to stumble along at less than 2% a year. Why? Not enough people. From here on, working-age population will be shrinking as boomers go from paying into Social Security and Medicare to getting paid by them. It won't be easy to make things better, but it will be all too easy to make things worse. Just keep doing what we're doing now, and we will reach a point of no return. In addition to the U.S., Nomura expects recessions in the Eurozone, the U.K., Japan, South Korea, Australia, and Canada next year. The brokerage firm is releasing that information in a research note. During the pandemic, many landlords paused rent payments for America's small business owners. But now, the rent is coming due. Daybreak Insider's John Scott is totaling up the numbers on that bill this morning. And it's coming at a very inopportune time. Landlords were lenient about rent payments during the first two years of the pandemic. Now many are asking for back rent, and some are raising the current rent as well. Meanwhile, most aid programs for small businesses has ended, while inflation has sharply pushed up the cost of supplies, shipping, and labor. 33% of all U.S. small businesses could not pay their May rent in full and on time, up 5% from April. That's according to a survey from Alignable, a small business business referral network. John Scott reporting. The German government is working to bail out energy companies before winter. Germany paved the way Tuesday for injecting billions of taxpayer dollars into the embattled energy suppliers as the country braces for a stop to Russian natural gas imports. It's a scenario many economists think would trigger a severe recession in that part of the eurozone. German energy firm Uniper is in talks about a government bailout as supplies of gas from Russia dwindle. An economy ministry spokesperson confirmed discussions with the utility. It's among the biggest customers for Russian energy giant Gazprom, which Uniper says is delivering less than half the gas it promised. The falling supply from Russia has forced many energy firms to make expensive purchases elsewhere but they're limited in passing on the higher costs by price caps, leading many to go bust. The move is the latest in a battery of emergency measures to help manage an energy crisis in Europe's largest economy this winter as the economic war unleashed by Moscow's invasion of Ukraine accelerates. A World War II hero who passed away last week will lie in honor at the U.S. Capitol. Daybreak Insider's Jennifer King 
takes a look at that story. Herschel Woody Williams was the last remaining World War II recipient of the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest award for military valor, when he died last week at the age of 98. At age 22, he received his medal from President Harry Truman for heroics during the battle for Iwo Jima in 1945. A Marine corporal, Williams went ahead of his unit and took out Japanese machine gun positions. The West Virginia native went on to become a longtime veteran service representative and is also remembered for helping Gold Star families with an annual motorcycle fundraiser. In a statement, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that Williams will lie in honor at the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol at a date to be announced. Schumer described Williams as an American hero who embodied the best of our country and the greatest generation. Jennifer King, Washington. And finally, according to police reports, a Florida man allegedly posed as a Disney World employee and stole a $10,000 replica of the Star Wars character R2-D2 in a bizarre attempt to get hired as a security guard. A man from right here in Central Florida has been arrested after deputies say he posed as a Disney cast member and then stole a Star Wars R2-D2 droid. Deputies say that this man, 44-year-old David Proudfoot of Kissimmee, wanted to get a job on the Disney security team, so he was trying to, quote, show weaknesses in the security of the resorts. Proudfoot faces multiple charges, including grand theft. Proudfoot allegedly told police he stole the replica to show weaknesses in the security at the resort after applying to be a guard at Disney World. He was allegedly sporting a high-visibility orange work vest and a Walt Disney World-issued name tag with David on it. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.